If actions speak louder than words, then isn't my good living the best evangelism? That's the question we're discussing today on the Hear of the Story presented by The Gospel Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of the Hear of the Story, a podcast to help you explore the big story and big truths of Scripture. I'm Brian Dembozik, and with me, as always, is Aaron Armstrong. Aaron, can't I just show the gospel and that be enough? That's kind no. of what we're exploring today. No, yeah. So thank you for joining us. If you like this episode, go uh, Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, this is another one I was like, of course not. Um but let's let's take some time and let's uh, let's look at the essential doctrine and then be sure that we talk about this because there is I don't want to say attention but there is a balance I guess between um, our words and our actions when it comes to evangelism we I think we can make a mistake by ignoring either and the mistake that we need to mi- avoid is not using our words but we can also make a big mistake by not using our actions so That's true. Let, let's spend some time and let's talk about that. Let's even talk about gospel tracks when we get to it. Um, so hold that thought. I'm going to quiz you and see which of the gospel tracks that I'm familiar with you knew of, because you didn't grow up in the church. Nope. So I'm curious what your background is on some of these. So we're going to have a little quiz show coming up. So get us started with the uh, uh, essential doctrine of evangelism, and then we'll go from there. Sounds good. So uh, when we are talking about evangelism in the 99 essential doctrines, here is what it means. So it's the duty and privilege of every Christian and of every church of the Lord Jesus Christ to make disciples of all nations. The new birth of man's spirit by God's Holy Spirit means the birth of love for others. Missionary effort on the part of all thus rests on a spiritual necessity of the regenerate life and is expressly and repeatedly commanded in the teachings of Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ has commanded the preaching of the gospel to all nations. It is the duty of every child of God to seek constantly to win the lost to Christ by verbal witness undergirded by a Christian lifestyle. So if we were to uh, summarize this as simply as possible, because our definition uses a lot of a lot of big words. <laughs> So fortunately, we also have a very, uh, we have a much simpler uh, and slightly longer definition um, that is shared in a video uh, that uh, was released probably the day, the day before you're listening to this. So go check that out on gospelproject.com. And, uh, but if we're summarizing this, basically the big idea of evangelism is this, is that we are to tell others about Jesus we are to be gospel witnesses through our words and have that and have that verified by our works. All right, yeah, so we've, we've got to tell others the gospel. Let, let's look at some places in Scripture where we see this. And the first one I think of is Romans 10, 11 through 17. Uh, up to this point in the book of Romans, Paul has basically been expressing the gospel. He is of course, writing to the church at Rome before a an anticipated visit. And he wants to make sure that they are on the same page with him and God uh, of what the gospel is. So he writes this gospel treatise ahead of times. It's his version of a gospel track. And then when he gets to Romans 10, he's basically starting to transition toward how we should live it out. 
And one of the first things he's talking about is, is really evangelism. And so this is what we read starting in verse 11 of chapter 10. For the scripture says, everyone who believes on him will not be put to shame since there is no distinction between Jew and Greek because the same Lord of all richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But then Paul anticipates a question. Verse 14, actually he asks it. How then can they call on him they have not believed in? And how can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news, but not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? So faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes from the message about Christ. So here we see Paul, when he uses the phrase, how can they hear without a preacher? He is not thinking of a pastor preaching necessarily, all it could be part of that. He's really has in mind somebody who's evangelizing, somebody who is proclaiming the gospel, talking about the gospel, sharing the gospel with somebody else. Evangelism. And notice Paul says point blank, how can you believe, how can you trust if no one verbalizes the gospel to you? Yeah. Yeah. Another passage is uh, 1 Peter three thirteen through 15, uh, which says this, uh, who then will harm you if you are devoted to what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness, you're blessed. Do not fear them or be intimidated, but in your hearts regard Christ the Lord as holy, ready at any time to give a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. So, I mean, that's that's a really important thing. And I, and I think especially important, you know, is as we think about, um, you know, different trials in times of life, but I mean, especially for, um, you know, our, you know, our, our, our brothers and sisters in Christ, um, in persecuted nations. I mean, they live this out on a daily basis where they are experiencing real, real physical governmental, often persecution for their faith explicitly. And yet they have hope and they're ready and they're ready to share that. And I like how that one also reminds us that evangelism is not always a more, for lack of a better word, formal, planned experience. That there are times where we we intend, all right, I'm going to share the gospel with so-and-so. I'm going to have lunch with them or I'm just going to work up the courage. I'm just going to put it out there. I'm going to go knock on somebody's door. Mm-hmm. But there are also times where our, we we can evangelize and need to evangelize more of a reactive posture, for lack of a better word there, of that God can bring up opportunities right around us and often does that we can miss if we're not looking for it. So if we're looking for it, always being ready um, to talk about the gospel, we would be uh, pleased to, to understand and experience how many different opportunities we would actually have to do this. One other passage I think worth mentioning is 2 Corinthians 5.20, um, where we read, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. So representatives, we are doing what Christ has done. We represent him. Since God is making his appeal through us, we plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And so there, I think not only do we see this, this idea of pleading, there should be an earnestness in us. There should be a, a heartfelt desperation for somebody to understand the gospel and trust in Christ. But we're also doing this on Christ's behalf because this is what Christ did for us. 
He came and he not only declared the gospel, he is the gospel. He laid down his life uh, so that we could be saved. So we evangelize because we are following in the path of the one we've trusted in, the one that has been proclaimed to us by somebody else, and we in turn do that. All right, so let's talk about any cautions or any important ideas that we need to keep in mind as we look to understand this doctrine. Uh, Aaron, you, you go ahead and go first. Sure. Uh, so one of the first ones is one that we have hit on multiple times already, which is this. Evangelism must be spoken. There's no such thing as sharing the gospel without actually using your words. So I know a lot of people like to use phrases like this one from, that is attributed to uh, St. Francis of Assisi. Um, Preach the gospel at all times when necessary, use words. And you'll, and you'll hear multiple variants on that. Um, the, but they attribute it to, to Francis, but here's the thing. There's no evidence to support that he actually said it. Uh, that's just one thing. It is consistent with a lot of his theology, although it is, it is important to note that Francis was a preacher. So, um, and I don't know a lot of preachers who don't like to talk. So that's <laughs> true. Um, but the but, uh, you know, aside from the the questionable attribution, it's just bad advice. It's just not true. It's flat out wrong. Again, we can't preach the gospel without using words. All of the verses that we shared emphasize that. And there are plenty Many of are, other yeah. passages that that. Put this on display. God came as a preacher for a reason. <laughs> um, and so salvation comes through hearing the words and believing the words about Jesus. We have to share with our words. Yeah, I think the danger here is, and we're going to talk about the flip side of that coin in a second, but the danger is I think some people who either lack the confidence, um, they're intimidated by, by telling somebody about Jesus, um, or they're shy, or whatever the case may be. And there again, there are many understandable barriers to this. Um, it's not easy for many people, and, and I don't want to dismiss that. But sometimes somebody might take this kind of idea and run too far with it and say, okay, well, and we're a church, we're, we're a team, right? And so I'm just going to show people the gospel, and I'll put it on a tee, and I'll let Aaron Armstrong, he can actually verbalize that. He's more comfortable with that anyway. So we'll be a good one-two team, right? And so it's, it's yeah, this is where some people might find this as an excuse to be disobedient and also to miss out on the joy it is. Because I, I can tell you, the, the opportunities that God has given me to be used by him to be part of leading somebody else to Christ by verbalizing the gospel have been some of my greatest um, memories in, in my walk with him. Such a joy. Yeah, it was unnerving at the time, but I look back and I'm so grateful I was obedient and took those risks. It was a gift God gave to me. Um, God could have assigned the angels to be his messengers of the gospel. And they would do a much better job than we in the church do. But he gave us this as a gift so that we can be involved in this, but also because we can speak from experience of those who have been redeemed. So we can empathize with the sinner. 
not just sympathize like an angel would do. We can empathize and we can uh, share from personal experience, this is what it means to me. So we don't want to give that up. But we turn that around and the other caution is we don't want to dismiss our works either because our actions, if, if they're done with, through a gospel lens, if they're done to glorify God, of course, they strengthen and support our works, or our words rather. So our lives, for example, should reflect the truth of the gospel that we proclaim. We should live lives of honesty because we're telling the truth of the gospel. We should live lives of humility because humility is at the essence of the gospel. Christ humbled himself. We have to be humble when we trust in him. So if we're living lives of arrogance, we go against the message we proclaim. If we live in humility, we support it and people can see, oh, this is what I see. We should have lives of joy because the gospel is one of joy. We should live lives of love. And, and the list goes on and on. So serving others is a great path for the gospel to be rooted in somebody as they hear it as well. Um, but again, this isn't all we have to do. We can't just do the works. It's got to be both. Totally. And, you know, and in that too, I mean, really it's, it's not, it's not even just, you know, you know, serving others. It's, it's just being people of integrity. Yeah. You know, um, people can sniff, like if you are, um, you know, if, if for, just for example, if you are at work, you work at a not like you work in, in, you know, you know, your average, average kind of job office job or, you know, or at a, at a store or at a restaurant or wherever, and you have lots of non-Christian coworkers and you are the person who is always complaining. You're the person who cheats, um, like who, who takes a little bit extra, (laughs) um, you know, in terms of cutting, cutting time short or doing whatever those things, those things add up over time. And so they cast doubt on the authenticity of, of what you're saying, uh, that you believe. If you are, and it, and honestly, across the board, this is a, this is a contentious statement right now. So, so I'm trying to be careful here, but across the board, political seasons make it really challenging Yeah, because there's a lot of heated, there's a lot of heated language from a lot of different people from a lot of different camps and it makes it really hard to believe the best about anybody. And so we have to think about how do we talk about big, you know, nation, um, you know, nation affecting, sometimes world affecting issues in a way that reflects what we believe about Christ. How do we share our convictions while also being humble and honest and loving and kind how do we basically how do we reflect the the fruit of the spirit as we do these things yeah it's a good word um and it kind of takes us to the to the next one and it's you know the gospel message you use the term contentious Mm -hmm. the gospel message is contentious um it is divisive and it's intended to be but we are not to be contentious in how we share the gospel getting to your point um, I think there, you know, there are some people who just love confrontational evangelism. Let's call it that the shock and all they, they're the ones who love going to somebody and basically, you know, you're a sinner and you're going to go to hell. Uh, 
if you don't trust in Jesus. Turner burn. Yeah, Turner yeah. burn. And I, I, you know, that's not. I'm not a fan of that. But I have to say, there there may be a place for that. There may be a place for more direct communication. Uh, Jesus selectively does this in the Gospels himself. He he's much more bold with the Pharisees, for example, than he is with with the regular people of that day. So there may be a, a, a there may be a relationship where it is this time that you'd sit down with somebody and say, "Hey, we got to talk, and I got to be frank with you." But even that should be done with love. Um, what we don't want to do is become jerks for Jesus, mm-hmm. and just you know, run around blitzing people with gospel bombs, and uh, and claiming we're doing it, you know, for the glory of God. I think rather than that, again, there may be a place for something along those lines, but I think I, we rather should be known as a people of humility, of love and respect as we talk about a message, a gospel that can be t- contentious. Let's let the gospel be contentious. Let's, if somebody rejects the gospel, let it be because of the gospel, not because of us. Yes, 100%. And I think that there is a, um, where was I going to go with this? I think one of the things that is really important that you brought up is the fact that is to think about who Jesus was particularly contentious with. So, um, no, you, and you, you raised it. He's most often, um, the most antagonistic toward the religious leaders. Yeah. So people who, who, um, in, who should know the truth. And so we tend to flip that. Um, in in our thinking, and we tend to go really hard at people who have no bat, like who who basically don't sh- who don't know better, who yeah. um, who are far from the gospel, who are far from God, and and we treat and we hold them to a standard that Jesus Himself doesn't. Yeah, we flip in the, it. in 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 a certain sense. So again, being very careful here, uh, because that's a statement that can be misconstrued. Remember, Jesus ate, ate with sinners. He spent yeah. time with them. He was close to them. He welcomed them. He was gentle and compassionate to people who uh, elsewhere in the scriptures um, are basically said they don't know their right hand from their left. He, he spent three years with the guy who would betray him. Yeah. Okay, so this it takes us to our quiz time, um, because oh, the other good. question is, is it okay for us to use evangelism outlines or, or gospel tracks? So there sure. there have been many, and I'm just going to, let me just scratch the surface with a few and see how many of these are you familiar with, okay? So okay. the first one, f- the four spiritual laws? I don't know what that means. Okay, it's also, it was redone as knowing God personally. Have you ever seen a track? No. Okay. So this was done by Bill Bright and Campus okay. Crusade for Christ crew now. This is what I, I, I learned how to share my faith using the four spiritual laws. So it's four, okay. um, four big ideas. They, they changed it from four spiritual laws because law became connoted with something kind of rigid and so forth. When yeah. he first wrote that, I think in the 50s or 60s, it, it made more sense. And the, that was a modern era. Um, so they changed it to knowing God's personally. So that, it's just a, a simple gospel track that they trained us when I was a student in college to, and I went through that with people on beaches, on beach outreaches. I shared people in Africa using the four spiritual laws and you just kind of go through it. Don't ask me to go through it right now. Um, okay. So we're 0 for 1. 
Evangelism yes. Explosion, known as uh, EE. I've I've heard the name, but I mean, I've only ever heard of it as a post, like as a Christian. I don't, but okay. I don't know what it involves. So Evangelism Explosion was developed by D. James Kennedy. Um, I never did it myself. I'm a little bit familiar with it. From my understanding, it is really in-depth. It is really complex. There's a lot. Because usually these are given, and, and you can either use the tract or you have to memorize certain parts of it so that you can share your faith. And so my understanding, Evangelism Explosion had a lot of memory undergirding it. So it was, it was quite a challenge. So I never went through Evangelism Explosion. Okay, how about faith with dots no. between each one? F period A. Okay, so this no, is no a, acronyms were used in the uh, in the bringing me to Jesus. Okay, so faith is one that you need to be aware of because Lifeway, I think, produced it several years ago. Um, <laughs> if, Am I going to get myself in trouble? Uh, if it wasn't program? if it wasn't a, a Lifeway creation, I think Lifeway partnered to help print materials for it. I believe so. You you, you know you might want to just look through our database somewhere and see. Um, so faith stands for. Uh, each one is a letter, forgiveness, available, impossible, turn in heaven. And each one then you had something to memorize underneath of it and kind of some talking points. Um, this is one I learned as well. Uh, when I was on church staff, we actually took people in our church through it and kind of used it for a season. Uh, okay, how about the three circles? Uh, I've never seen it in practice, but um, yeah. Okay. Uh, so it is it is different for me too, but it's a newer I one. I do know I do know about it because uh De Lewis has talked about it and I've been yes. in the room. So uh this whole idea of uh God's design, brokenness, and how the gospel yeah. re- repairs it. So, yeah, and I think there I you go. I'm one yeah, for four. <laughs> you are one for four so far. And I think Jimmy Scroggins is the one who who developed that one. Uh pastor down in Florida. Um okay, so one for four. So the last one. Chick tracks. I have seen some of those, and before you were saved or after? After. Okay. So you know what they are. You're kind of aware of them. I'm aware of them, and they're pretty dark. And uh, <laughs> well, they're and, cartoons. I mean, they kind of a lot of them though kind of fit that model that we were we were saying. Hey, don't do this. Yeah. Um, the whole jerk for Jesus thing. They can. Um, you know, I mean, I've also seen Coffee with Jesus, and uh, but that's not yeah. really a good tract. No. <laughs> okay, so and I'm, yeah, there are many more. Somebody listening probably was like, "Oh, Brian, you're forgetting so many," and, and yeah, I am because there have been so many. Um, chick tracks, by the way, in case you don't know about them, listening, they they're called that C H I C K because the man who started them was named Jack Chick, so that's why yes. they're called Chick tracks. Yes. Um, okay, so these are all different um, outlines, resources that have been used. It, it, these are tools. Are is it okay to use these as we share our faith? Um, I think they have their place. Mm-hmm. I think they can be helpful. Um, I think they can help somebody formulate their thoughts, especially as you're learning to share the gospel. But are they necessary? No, not at all. And I mean, you. How, so, how did you trust in Christ? How do you remember who did somebody just kind of a normal conversation? Was it hearing a sermon? <laughs> You have been saved, right? Uh, yes, that's the okay. rumor. Uh, <laughs> I just passed 15 years, actually. There you go. Um, do you, so do you remember how May. it happened? Yeah. Well, I mean, the actual day that I did, there was no one there with me, um, aside, like, 
my wife was there, but I mean, it was a, it was nobody a very coaching you or yeah, there was no one coaching me. No one kind of thing. There was more just like, I have to, have to, have to, have to trust in Jesus right now, right now, right now, right now. Um, and so folks, if you want to hear about what that story was like, it's on the internet somewhere. So you're welcome to go and just do a Google search. Uh, my wife actually wrote about it for Christianity today about, uh, about five, six years ago as well um, for their testimonial piece but um, the but how that process actively started with us was we were actually invited to a program at uh, at a friend of mine's church called alpha and so it was this whole idea of it came out of the UK um, originally yeah. actually as a as a catechism type of thing for re-engaging Anglicans who didn't know what their faith was all about um, it gained ground though as an evangelism uh, experience and so the big idea was basically create uh, create a safe space for conversations around the faith and so I went to that it didn't take um, partly because of um, partly because anytime a video turned on I fell asleep <laughs> um, like literally every yeah. single time video came on I went to sleep when the lights came back on, I woke up and then I participated in the discussion. And uh, so you can imagine how that went. But <laughs> but um, ultimately, though, what that did was that started um, that ultimately started to uh, led to me going and buying a Bible for myself um, in March of 2005, starting to read it. Um, now I will say my motives for buying a Bible were not the purest. It was not to, to learn about this whole, what this whole Jesus thing is about. It was actually to make fun of my Christian friend. Um, I wanted to be responsible mocker. <laughs> um, and then, um, and that led, that ultimately led though, to me realizing that I needed Jesus to save me. So interesting. You, you mentioned something else as well. That's floating out there. I mean, you didn't mention it, but it reminded me of, you know, there have been, uh, Billy Graham made many of these, the Billy Graham Association movies. I remember as a kid watching The Cross and the Switchblade um, based on mm -hmm. a true story. And you have these evangelistic movies and films. Um, crew now, from my understanding, this happened after my time. I was a student in college in the early 90s, and I was on staff with Crusade for a few years after that, mid-90s. Um, after that, they moved toward, I don't know if they do it exclusively, they may still use some, the Knowing God Personally tracked or outlined, but um, they have, um, and they may have gone something from these, after these, but I've seen uh, picture cards where you go to your student union, for example, and you put all these different cards on a table, and people look at them, and there's just pictures of things, and you ask, hey, what do you relate with? And, and somehow there's a connecting point there that you you start to talk about things. And mm -hmm. so they're, you know, being creative and different approaches. So, okay. So let's get back to it. It, it, it. Do, are these things okay or not? Again, are they okay? Yes. Are they necessary? No, but I would give a couple words of caution about these because I've experienced these firsthand. The first caution is they can make your evangelism sound canned. Mm -hmm. um, if you're memorizing an outline and you're so worried about getting the outline right, you're just regurgitating that. And people today, especially more than ever, they want to know, they want sincerity. And so if you're coming across with a scripted outline, it can turn somebody off. Mm -hmm. Or you're so focused on that outline that you're not even, you know, in the moment of, of understanding what you're talking about. Um, I remember 
the faith outline when we learned that and had training. So we go to this church and we're trained. And then they say, okay, uh, good news. You're going to go out in teams and you're going to go practice. You're going to go door to door. And so I was with somebody from my church, one of the uh, student leaders, uh, and she knocked on the door. It was her turn and the person opened up and I can't remember how the conversation went, but basically she asked, Hey, um, do you go to church anywhere? And the person said, yeah, my, my husband is the pastor. And because my friend was so thinking of the outline, she went to what was next and just actually started sharing the gospel after the person said, I'm a pastor's wife. <laughs> and, you know, it later that became known and, and we kind of laughed about it, but it just reminded me of, we can be so focused on getting the script right that we're missing the moment in front of us and not honoring a conversation. And so that can be a hindrance, again, especially more than ever. And that's the other thing. It also hinders conversation because a lot of times um, when you're trained on how to use one of these things, the idea is, okay, you want to get through your full faith outline or the four spiritual laws. So what happens when somebody asks you a question? And a lot of times the training is this. That's a good question. Hold off on that. We might answer or we can re- answer it later. So what are you doing? You're, you're stopping conversation. You're turning a dialogue into a monologue. You are lecturing somebody. And again, that can turn people off. Um, and so I would say if, if you are prone to like to use a resource like this or want to use it or it helps, great. But just be careful. Um, fight for heartfelt conversations uh, to me, I think all you really need, if you trust it in Jesus, you have enough to share your faith and you just have to remind people of what sin is, who Jesus is, what Jesus did, and that trusting in him, you can be saved. So you don't have to memorize a really complicated outline, tons of different Bible verses. If you just know that and talk about it, mm-hmm. you can evangelize really well. Yeah, totally. Uh, you know, a couple a couple of last things before we start talking about you know differences that uh, that this should make in our lives um are are this this rela- this is related to using evangelism outlines it's also it's important for us to understand that um talking about how Jesus saved us is not the same as sharing the gospel hmm. those they they're two different things your the way that God worked in your life is is absolutely really important to how you talk about the gospel and how you share the gospel with others but it is not but just talking about that is not the same thing you have to you have to talk about what the gospel actually is yeah Um, and 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 brian you summarize that really really well um just as a simple thing you know if you want to um you know if you if you want to point to someone point someone to what the gospel is in scripture in its simplest form I mean, you look at 1 Corinthians 15, yep. that um, Christ died according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised again according to the scriptures, <laughs> um, and that he appeared and, and that he appeared to um to multiple witnesses. That's it. <laughs> um that's as sim- that's as simple as you, you would yeah. need to put it. Um so so that's one piece. But the other piece here is is to really remember that um you know, we use this language of duty and privilege in our definition of evangelism. And um, too often we lean on duty. Yeah. We see it as something we have to do. 
And yes, we are we are required by God, according to the scriptures, to go and share the gospel. It's not an option for us, but it is a privilege to do it as well. And so when we see it as only a duty, what happens is, is our fear about what we're going to say takes over. And so we ultimately wind up saying nothing at all. Um, but when we recognize the reality that there is a privilege there as well, that, um, that we can delight in, in this, this duty, um, that frees us up to actually go and, and fulfill the commandment. Yeah. That's a good word. Um, all right, so let's talk about what difference this doctrine should make. I'll start with the no-brainer. Uh, this doctrine changes the eternity of others. It changes the eternity for us when we trusted in Christ, when we responded. Uh, but it also changes for others. God wants to use us, um, as Paul talked about in Romans 10, how will they believe if they do not hear? And so God wants us, uh, he wants to use us to be part of him saving people from eternal damnation. And that is a weighty, uh, sobering, and yet exciting ministry and mission that he's given to us. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, it's intimidating as we've talked about, but again, I think back of experiences of of seeing the fruit of my faithfulness, even my clumsy faithfulness. And I'm grateful that God gave me a role to play. He was the main one, of course, but he gave me a role to play. So I as I, I shared, I was uh, part of the crusade um, organization ministry on campus when I was a college student and then on staff briefly. And one of the guys I was discipling in college became a staff member as well. And he and I, his name is Jeff. He's a really good buddy of mine. And uh, he he was on staff at Penn State and asked me to come and speak one week at their weekly gathering. And so we were kind of putzing around on campus before that meeting that night and this, uh, this college student named John came up to me and said, hey, Grandpa. And I, man, I was taken back by it. I, this is probably, oh, my goodness, probably 12 to 15 years ago. So I was in my mid-30s, early 30s to mid-30s. <laughs> and so, I mean, he college student 22. It's like, okay, I made 10 years, but really, Grandpa? I know I mean, I'm bald. you still had hair at that point, right? No, I was bald. <laughs> okay. But my but beard wasn't gray. Have, but, yeah, exactly. So, I, I mean, I was kind of taken back. I'm like, what, what do you mean, Grandpa? And he said, let me explain. He said, Jeff has let us know that, that you were somebody who helped lead him to Christ. And Jeff led me to Christ. Therefore, you're my spiritual granddad. You're Grandpa. And that, of course, totally changed the connotation. I'm like, okay, call me Grandpa all you want. Because that's just exciting. It's exciting to know that God in his kindness has used, again, clumsy faithfulness. And if you could have been with me when I was trying to disciple Jeff and share the gospel with him, it was brutal. We spent more time talking about baseball than Jesus. (laughs) I just was afraid. I didn't know what I was doing. But God just took my clumsy attempts and he brought beauty from ashes. But Mm -hmm. to think, and it just, it kept going. And who knows where it's gone from there? Who, I mean, all the other students that, that Jeff served, anybody who John has shared with, it just, it keeps, those ripples keep going farther out. And so let that be an encouragement that we remember this is something about changing eternal, you know, eternal destinies of people. Let's be faithful and let's see what God does. Totally. 
Totally. Uh, you know, one other thing that, uh, that this doctrine does in us is that evangelism really does keep us grounded in the gospel itself. So something that really does change, change how we live and how we think about life is recognizing the, the, the amazing gift that we have been given in being saved by Jesus, being welcomed into God's family as beloved children, that we get to spend eternity with him forever. <laughs> um, that yes, our, uh, yes, uh, our fear of punishment is no, is no more that ultimate punishment, um, of eternal damnation that, um, and so we, we should always be in awe that God did this, that he would take people like us who there's, there's nothing particularly special about that. We're just normal people. And yet he, yet he, he said he, he want, he brought us into his family that we are saved through, through faith in Jesus. That is such good news. And so what that does is that helps us to keep the gospel central and for us to remember that if God, if God can be so kind as to save us, who, who knows who else he, he, he's going to use us to say, to, to bring to himself as well that we that we get this gift and we get to and and we get to be a part of this and so it helps us ultimately in humility keep the gospel central in our own hearts our own minds as we go forward with the gospel good word all right let's wrap it up there um Aaron, thanks for talking about this with me. Thank you for uh, taking the quiz, even though I think you got about a 40%, so you, you bombed that uh, I one. I failed bad. I got like a 25%. What are you talking about? Uh, I was trying to round up a little bit more generous. You were aware of, of one or two, so I was like, all right, let me give you some credit. I'm aware of my faults. But you're still, you still failed miserably, so I want you to do some homework over the weekend. No. <laughs> all right. So I want to thank you for listening to today's episode of this podcast. If you have enjoyed it, please do leave a sincere five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to the show. And for more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.